Are the Miami Hurricanes about to hit a couple more home runs in the transfer portal? Okay, maybe not home runs. Doubles? Let's talk about it. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, University of Miami alum, uh, longtime, most recently post-game and formerly pre-game host on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube as well. So whether you want the video version or the audio version, we've got something for you. A uh, huge shout out to you guys for the awesome interactions on the last couple of episodes where we've taken Twitter questions. So on the conversation we were having yesterday about how much pressure there is on Mario Cristobal year one. Okay. Cause I have no doubt over the next few years, if he's not doing well, yeah, the pressure is going to build, right? When you talk about the financial investment, ninth highest paid head coach in college football and Miami's ambitions have just, they've gone so quickly up zero to 60 in just a matter of a few months yeah eventually there's going to be pressure and a couple of you made such a great point to me on twitter after yesterday's episode that no matter how much pressure the fans and the administration put on mario that's not going to be even close to the pressure cristobal puts on himself because He's that type of coach. And I'm watching these interviews that he's doing in Jacksonville for the ACC meetings. And like he he talks about the goals that he and his staff are setting, that they're like the goals are so lofty that they may not even be attainable. So honestly, I thought that was a great point that a couple of you made. Uh, and now you guys know me. I look at this as, as more of a three-year project to get things back, hopefully to elite status. Uh, you know, I'm sure that their goals for the first year are high. But I think some of you, some of you are just kind of off in space thinking it's just going to be 2001 all over again. But I thought you guys made some great points. Let's bring in our awesome featured guest for this episode. When we talk about recruiting, transfer portal, and the type of ambitions this staff has, who better to talk to than John Garcia Jr., head of football recruiting on Sports Illustrated? Uh, John has been joining us a lot of Fridays recently. Now, John... Uh, you, you batted zero this past week because you're usually our good luck charm for transfer portal <laughs> stuff. We haven't had anybody new since the last time you joined us, but how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's it's a whole new thing to track, right? We're tracking the portal. That, that May 1st deadline hit, and now it's like, who's officially in and where in the world are they going? And we're, we're still trying to figure a lot of that out. So it's, it's fun. It's never ending. So on like expectations uh, and pressure for Chris the ball, just like talking about the – first year because I look at it as more of like okay I, I think it's fair to say hey Miami should try and win the coastal the first year if there is still a coastal like that may be going <laughs> away soon but you know try to get into the ACC championship game the first year try to win the ACC the second year and you know by the third year try to be in that college football playoff mix that that's ambitious but probably fair but the question that I have for you is for somebody who recovers who covers recruiting for a living I've always said, John, uh, throughout you know the last couple of decades in college football, that it usually takes like three recruiting cycles before I really start to judge a coach, like before you see their imprint. So three recruiting cycles. Cristobal is not even through the first one, really. Uh, but 
Does the transfer portal change that? Could that process even be accelerated where maybe now you start looking at year two and not necessarily year three? Yeah, I'm probably closer to that side of the coin, Alex. Uh, I think the portal just enables you to bring in such established and tangible experience uh, and talent at the same time where you, you should start to expect that to, to make a bigger impact on that current roster. And you talk about some of the additions Miami has made. A lot of these guys have starts under their belt uh, and it's double digit prospects. It's not one of these, you know, Iowa or Notre Dame that's going to dabble in the portal with like one or two guys. Miami might be 10, 12 guys a year. I mean, this might become part of the norm to, to supplement the developmental element of, of talent acquisition uh, and building a college roster. So because of all those things, I do think we could probably shorten that that expectation timeline just a bit, but it still has to be within reason, right? I mean, every first-year coach isn't going to be on the same plane, uh, even, even with those who have had success in the portal. I, I think of a school like LSU, which to me is similar to Miami in terms of the ability to recruit locally, the probably too high expectations from their fan base and the ability to bounce back when, when things are bad. We, I mean, LSU is the only school to win a natty with their last three head coaches, including one who got fired after just two years. So, you know, Miami can bounce back too. We've seen that really consistently uh, over the long stretch. Um, but with the recruiting prowess crystal ball brings, I think that adds to the expectation. And, and when you see it so tangibly in the portal, bringing in guys from Clemson and West Virginia and everywhere else, it it does speed things up a little bit more. But I think two years is probably the window. Um, that I said, like that. I think, I mean, what is what does Vegas have? Seven and a half or is it eight and a half for the for the win total here? It's uh it's eight and a half. Yeah. See, seven and a half I'd play. I don't know if I would do eight and a half. I mean, there's just a lot to overhaul. And, and let's let's be honest that the coaching staff here. A lot of big personalities to try to navigate this thing. Um, you know, the Broyles award-winning offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator with more experience than probably any DC uh, in the country. Um, a lot of conflicting personality types that are still you got to coach the coaches too, right? If you're Mario, so I yeah. do think that element is a little bit under discussed, and they're probably trying to figure out a lot of those dynamics in the meantime as well as adjusting to to their new personnel uh, and then the inherited personnel, which, you know, spring football was probably more of a self-scout than, than a true evaluation beyond that. So there's still a lot of pieces to put together to have such lofty expectations in year one. Fans expecting 10 wins need to probably relax, <laughs> even though it's the Coastal and the ACC, and, and you've got a quarterback with some hype. That, that is a lot uh, to put together right out of the gate uh but can this team be playing great football towards the back half of the season and and upset somebody you know if it does get to to i was going to say atlanta if it does get to charlotte uh for the title game and and, and maybe upset someone in the bowl game absolutely that, that's really what you're looking for in my mind it's not game one game two game three it's more like seven eight and nine and, and beyond a couple of things that I look at as being like a big difference between Miami in recent years and the big boys, right? Because like Miami played Alabama last year and you saw that gap is not really close right now. It's Miami's not really close to close, at least as of last year. You know, Clemson is on the schedule every now and then and they've had their way with Miami in recent years. You know, a few years ago, they played LSU to open the season. That didn't go well. Like to me, depth, overall depth and trench play have been big differences. Now, Trench play is something that Cristobal is really focused on in that portal, right? So when you think about he's, he's already brought in a couple of offensive linemen that he worked with in Oregon. They're working on another one from Conference USA. We'll talk about a little bit later. 
uh, and defensive line. I think they've, they've had a lot of success there. When you think about people like uh, Akeem Mesador and Mitchell Agude that have already come in and Jacob Lichtenstein from USC. So, you know, do you think Miami can actually be at a point where even this coming season, they're just in a much better position to compete in the trenches? Absolutely. They, they will compete in the trenches. I, I can't really envision a Mario Cristobal team that isn't ready to compete in the trenches. You know, I think of what he looked like at Oregon right out of the gate. A little bit different situation because he was an assistant there first. But when he took over, man, I mean, that, that stuff hit the ground running about as well as, as possible. And many attributed that to just his mentality in the trenches. So not only shifting that focus with the inherited players, but like you said, bringing in a true focus on both sides of that ball. I do think the attitude up front with Miami will feel a lot different, regardless of how everything else looks and schematics and all that fun stuff, game planning relative to the opponent. All that aside, Miami's going to be tougher and Miami's going to be better at the point of attack and at the line of scrimmage, which is really where it begins. And, and right. you talk to him as a recruiter, as a coach, anywhere he's going there first. And, and that's not just because he's he's a former alignment himself. That's really what he believes in, in terms of winning football, even in this skill position, you know, glorified basketball on space kind of spread offense era. He still believes in that, in the trench first mentality. And, and obviously that, that still works. Just look at who's been at the top lately. Yeah, Miami's going to have that tested in September when they have to travel to Texas A&M. They've got Clemson on the road on the schedule. So we're, we're going to get an idea this fall how much they can improve that trench play. When we come back with John Garcia Jr., want to talk about a couple of specific transfer targets, uh, one of which has been visiting this week, uh, another of which I wonder can improve that offensive line even further. Guys, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting, which, oh my gosh, I love that so much, and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs. My birthday is not for another five months, but I felt like it was my birthday when I tried these. I've never had anything like this before. They're available right now, and we can't promise that they're going to be there tomorrow. So get them today at Built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs yet, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday like I just did with Built Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake, enrobed in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles, Eve is not a birthday cake without sprinkles, with 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar. This limited time flavor is an amazing option for you if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So go to Built.com to get the birthday cake puffs now. You won't regret it. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Dono, alongside John Garcia Jr., head of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated, so, uh, John, uh, there, there's another receiver that Miami is looking at. In fact, uh, he started a, an official visit with Miami on Wednesday in the transfer portal. Transfer wide receiver Jalen Robinson of UCF. Uh, he's smaller, but a burner. Uh, he was injured for a lot of last year, but the year prior, 2020, great success catching the deep ball. And I think about who Miami's got throwing footballs, good deep ball quarterback, good deep ball receiver, seems to make sense. And this is what uh, Jalen Robinson had to say about Tyler Van Dyke before his visit started. And this quote comes courtesy of, uh, of my pal Gabby Yerudia from Inside the U. He says, quote, I did my research on him, talking about TBD, uh, and he's one of the top quarterbacks for next year's draft class. So uh, Jalen Robinson from UCF. I know that there are other schools interested. I saw a lot of uh, a lot of Tennessee stuff. Uh, where do you think Jalen might end up, and could he be a, a really good fit in Miami? Oh, he'd be a great fit in Miami. I think the the wide receiver core has has some versatility, right? You've got your big bodies, you got your slot types, but I don't know how much overall juice. The receiver core has just in terms of taping taking the top off of a defense uh and, and really stretching things out and, and enabling tyler van dyke to really push the limits of of his arm strength jalen robinson would, would certainly do that and what's interesting about him is just like he told gabby you know when we spoke to him he said look i'm looking at these quarterbacks and and this is what was interesting he said not only the starter but the backup i mean he is really looking into how things could play because at ucf of course mckenzie milton goes down and boom here comes dylan gabriel and everything's great, you know, so it kind of worked out for him there when when tough situations happen in the quarterback room. So he's certainly well aware of that. So I think, you know, Garcia, Ja'Curry Brown, those guys are, are worthy of keeping an eye on in this Jalen Robinson conversation. So he's looking at multiple quarterbacks on each roster. Um, but here's the kicker with Miami. This is his last visit and he's committing Sunday. I mean, he's, oh, he's Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday in Coral Gables Sunday commitment. And when he spoke to, to, to SIL American, he said, I have to be careful because when I take these official visits, I get really excited. So this was right after the Tennessee trip. And at that moment, you felt like Tennessee was in the driver's seat. He loved the Ole Miss trip with, with Lane Kiffin as well. TCU got a visit, but I think that was more of a courtesy. He's from Texas, which is fine. But I've been told from the jump he's leaving the state of Texas. So he said, though, I got to be careful because I really like these visits. So imagine – Visiting Coral Gables, the whole thing in Miami, 48 hours, green and orange carpet, all that stuff. And then you're committing 48 hours after that. You know, I think that, you know, he's a, he's ready to go. He's ready to make that call. So I do think Tennessee and Ole Miss are the schools going into the visit to keep the closest eye on. They, they both have a, a bit of a track record and recent history of explosive offenses. But when you talk about the quarterback stability, Miami can contend with any of these programs that are in the mix for Robinson. So I think that paired with the timeline and the need is going to bode pretty well uh, for, for Miami in this race. Not saying he's a lock for the Canes or anything like that, 
but they're, they're not going to finish worse than two or three in this thing with that last impression. The timing really favors what Miami is pushing uh, yeah, to, to wrap up, uh, well, maybe to wrap up this transfer portal class, uh, certainly at the wide receiver position. So I think the Canes are in a great spot, you know, and he's he's one of the most coveted receivers uh, still in, in the portal available. Um, and, and again, he's he's got his eyes on different things relative to other recruits in the portal. And, and I think with the, that two quarterback deal and the offensive deal, I think Miami's got as good a sell as any of these programs. Um, so, so getting the last visit on top of that feels like a lot. I got to figure it's better to either, to either be the last official official visit or the first, like you don't want to be in the middle, right? Cause sometimes the first visit you're like, you got your mind made up. It's hard to change it. But then the last visit, the last thing you remember, like being in the middle is the worst. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, the first visit was, was, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, right? He was in the Rolls Royce. Uh, Kiffin was, you know, driving him around, and he was tweeting out videos of of, of Kiffin's pitch basically as it was happening. Uh, so you wonder what his old pal Mario Cristobal might think of that and, and try to one-up for the final visit. But, yeah, these are these are still young men. You want that first impression to set the bar or the last impression to, to, to capitalize on that recency bias. And, and look, he was originally going to commit the 18th, and then early this week, he tweeted, he was like, no, I can't wait that long. May 15th, Sunday. So <laughs> I think that bodes really well for Miami coming off of what should be a really strong trip. And and little you know other nugget here, he trained with Margin Hooks, who trained Charleston Rambo in Texas. So, you know, I think that familiarity will, will help Miami get some benefit of the doubt late in the game here as well. Because, look, Miami wasn't involved two weeks ago. This is very much late breaking news for them to – get interested and then get the visit. So any little positive data point Miami has in this thing uh, is big for them. And, and I think Rambo, once, once they connect through hooks, the trainer in Texas, I think that will help Miami's chances as well. Obviously Charleston did, did great things in Coral Gables too. That's a great nugget there. Now, what about uh, the most highly coveted transfer portal receiver? What's the latest on Jordan Addison? So Addison is a little bit, you know, earlier in the process uh, compared to Robinson. He's taken uh, an official visit to Texas, uh, which is the one that we were were kind of anticipating, right? As soon as he hit the portal, everyone was saying USC, but it's like keep an eye on Texas and Bama, and then he works out with Bryce Young and now visits Texas, where his coach from Pitt last year, Brendan Marion, is, is of course the wide receivers coach, the new wide receivers coach uh, at the University of Texas. So you understand uh, that appeal at UT. Um, where I think it gets a little dicey relative to USC, Bama, and Miami is the quarterback situation. Largely unproven at Texas. There's certainly talent with Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers, but most expect Ewers to win the job. Never started a game uh, at the collegiate level. So that's something that I, I think with, with a kid like Jordan Addison, um, who had Kenny Pickett last year, a first rounder, I think that really matters in, in trying to lock in this, this final call before he makes a commitment. So if it's not Texas, I could see that being a big reason why it wasn't. Uh, USC with Caleb Williams, Miami with Van Dyke, Bama with Bryce Young, much more stable, much more proven, uh, despite you know relative youth uh, as well. So Texas got the visit, something to keep an eye on for sure. Now USC will get the second official visit. And remember, when all of this news broke and tampering allegations and Pat Narduzzi getting on the phone with Lincoln Riley, it was about USC and, and Jordan Addison. Um, my sourcing right when that happened said, this is going to be tough for anyone to, to combat. You know, USC is really in the driver's seat here. So I think this visit will be big, but there's no telling as to whether or not he's done taking trips, you know, 
he hasn't visited Bama. He hasn't visited Miami. If those are the, the main four schools and, and this kid is under more scrutiny than any other, you would imagine he's going to be diligent in the process and, and at least take those trips to see what happens. And if you're those two schools, you know, Miami and Bama, you're feeling good about that. You know, you get him on campus and, and it's game on. But certainly there's a perceived USC lead and now he'll take that visit. So that perception will grow. But as long as he hasn't made a final call, you still got a puncher's chance for a 1500 yard receiver and any school would, would, you know, be happy to be in that position at the end of the day. So still hope for Miami, Alabama, and I would say Texas, which, which obviously just hosted him uh, for a visit. So uh, I think there's still a little bit of ways to go in this Jordan Addison recruitment. I've seen the word tampering a lot in the news lately. Like I've seen uh, Mike Norvell from Florida state, like talking about, Oh, his players that are not in the portal getting tampered with. And then the Miami fan in me is like, bro, nobody wants your players, but you know, so it's a little banter. And then I, <laughs> and then I yeah, I've heard, you know, Nick Saban having to like deny tampering allegations. Like it, it's hard to prove it. Right. I mean, it's, I, I guess with electronic communications, maybe there's like, there's records of things out there, but it, it seems to me like, tampering allegations happen all the time and like rarely is it ever proven yeah and that's and that's the whole thing how in the world are you even going to begin you know proving that process usually when that happens when when there's an effort to make that happen the feds get involved and then it takes forever and yeah. there's just in terms of making an impact right now any of those allegations are are going to be largely you know unfounded um and and challenged by by the opposition we haven't it's not like a coach is gonna be like yeah of course we tampered with them but we all know it's it's absolutely happening at this stage of the game uh and i think that's what what makes it kind of crazy with this nil discussion right there's there's a hold on Judah. <laughs> sorry sorry right. i appreciate it sorry about that alex no, no we, worries. No can worries. we pick up from there or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. We're good. Um, you know, and, and I think that's what what really has pushed people over the limit with uh, their their feelings on NIL is because the thought of a deal being in place to a certain destination before a player physically goes to compliance and administration and says, hey, I'm in the portal. That's where, you know, things get, you know, totally wide open and 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 the whole the roof has, has been blown off of this whole thing. So I think that coupled with Jordan Addison being, you know, in that conversation has really uh, hit, hit an apex with the NCAA. And that's why people are you know, getting on planes, go to Washington and trying to lobby to get others involved. Cause it's like, Congress, can you help? Cause the NCAA yeah. is not going to be it at, at the end of the day. And I think um, wherever he goes, um, it, that's, that's going to be a thing. Wherever Jordan Addison ends up fair or not, that's going to be a deal, especially if it's USC, which is, again, why I think this could get interesting. Because if Addison has people around him that are business savvy and you would assume he does, maybe that's a play for anybody but USC uh, at, at the end of this thing. So his recruitment will be fascinating in more ways than one. And it could be one that we refer back to as NIL continues to, to go through all these changes and challenges. When we come back, could there be another offensive lineman on his way to Miami in the transfer portal? Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, like John already mentioned, and Miami's over under eight and a half. Miami is plus 700 to win the ACC. Tyler Van Dyke, 30 to one to win the Heisman. You can find all of this and more at betonline.net. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. 
Alex Dono alongside John Garcia Jr. So uh, Charlotte offensive lineman in the portal, Dimitri Emmanuel, uh, is maybe looking at Miami. And it, it sounds to me like, you know, and, and immediately when I see Charlotte, I'm like, How, how's this guy going to help? But he's 24 consecutive starts. Uh, from 2019 through 2024, has been named to various all-conference USA teams. And I, I'm hearing some people talk about this guy like he could potentially be a starter on the right side. He can play guard or tackle. Is this somebody who could wind up at the U? That last part you mentioned, Alex, that, that that's the part that should intrigue you most as a Miami fan. It's like he can play multiple positions. We know there's question marks on this offensive line, and we know Miami's got a coaching staff in place that will aggressively address those question marks. So when you bring in a glue guy, a swing guy, whatever you want to verb we want to throw on or adjective, you know, that can make a big difference in patching up a transition offensive line like the one Miami is is going to trot out here in 2022. So I think that alone creates interest. You know, he tweeted out that Miami had offered him shortly after he entered the portal. Again, that May 1st deadline uh, was really kind of a breaking point in the recruiting game. We know Florida State is interested. We don't know who else is to date, but I think he's a name that as time goes on here, more and more programs are going to become interested in. So if you're Miami, if you're Florida State, whoever's in this race today, you want to get them on campus as, as soon as possible to try to wrap this thing up as soon as possible because uh, there's going to be a lot of attention with, with this prospect. Emmanuel, as you mentioned, Alex, uh, several years as a starter, I, I thought this was striking. I was, I was stalking his Twitter a little bit. Uh, he got an award, or it was his birthday, I should say. And the old line coach at Charlotte said um, – congratulations or happy birthday to our fearless leader. This was coach to player, oh. you know? I mean, oh. I think so. So we're getting now, we're getting a, a mental uh, acumen here uh, with Emmanuel that that can only supplement what he can do physically at 6'3", 300 pounds or whatever he is. So naturally that means to me, quick learner. I mean, he was a freshman starter, so he's already proven to be a, a quick learner. Um, and, and the versatility again. I mean, there's so much value there. Every good team deals with, injuries and change on the offensive line so if you have a guy who can bridge the gap between a young player and, and getting him right or uh, just spelling a guy for for a game or even a series at times that can be you know the, the biggest difference there in the end so I expect Miami to stay in this race I expect others to join the race the longer uh, that it goes um, after you know folks are, are more aware of him and he starts taking visits and, and things like that uh, but we'll see really early in this thing he just hit the portal um, no reported visits as far as I could find. Um, I reached out to him myself and he's like, hey, you know, he doesn't really want to talk a whole lot either, uh, which okay. is understandable. Right. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of inquiring minds uh, around this thing. So so we'll give him that space. But uh, he is a big time prospect in the portal at this point. Everybody could use a versatile O-lineman, Miami included. So I expect them to stay in that race and, and push for a visit. Great info as always here. John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior. John, thank you so much, man. Excellent stuff as always. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back. And thank you guys so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On ACC. Get all your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.